Before we begin today's episode, I do want to give a heads up that it contains references to both suicide and sexual assault. If one or both of these topics are difficult for you, you may want to skip this episode. If you're based in the United States and are currently struggling with thoughts of suicide, you can reach out to the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline by dialing 988. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I am Lauren and I have seen CSI four or five times. It's one of my comfort shows. Every episode. Every episode. Binge straight through. Yep. Uh, I'm Nick. I have never seen an episode of CSI before deciding to record this podcast with Lauren. And as of right now, I have only seen half an episode of CSI. We're going to talk about that and then we're going to see if I can guess where uh, episode one is going and we'll see uh, see how close I can get. We'll see. We'll see. So yeah, today we are reviewing uh, episode one, sorry, season one, episode one called Pilot, uh, directed by Danny Cannon, written by Anthony E. Zucker. Zucker. I'm, I should have looked that up. Visual air date, October 6, 2000. Oh, I wow. do remember watching this in high school, so I was like, "That tracks." Actually, I was that in tracks. High school still, yeah. Yep, I was like, "Still, was, we're we're dating ourselves here." We were I, both still I didn't in high even school. have a driver's license. I did not either. I had to think yeah. about that for a second, and I was like, "Wait, nope, nope." I also did I, not have a driver's license. I was probably point. watching episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh, or something. Buffy. In that time, I don't know what what time it was on. So good. Do you know what uh, when it originally aired? What days of the week? Uh, CSI. Yeah. I think. Well, let's go. Let's look. I think it's Thursdays. But let me go see. Let's go see what what day of the week, October sixth. I want to say it was Thursday nights, but I could. Oh no, it was a Friday. Okay. Yeah, I would have been at Boy Scouts every okay. Friday. We're yes, gonna blame. We're never, gonna blame. This is never on my radar. Like, I feel I like we're really gonna blame like, Boy Scouts for for Nick not watching CSI. Yeah, it's quite possible. <laughs> there I were definitely it. shows that were on Fridays that I never watched because they were on Fridays. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That's fair. Like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, I loved Sabrina. That's the only show I could think of off the top of my head that was on Friday. So good. That was another one. I mean, not a comfort show like CSI is for me, but Sabrina was a solid show. So let's hop into it. We first scene is the Vegas Strip, which is yeah, fitting. I, that's what I wrote down. I wrote Vegas Strip, and then I wrote Revolver Loading. Yes, because so it's they, like cutting cutting between shots of the strip and then a gun being loaded. Which I thought was a great sort of like new show. You want to get people's attention. It's very, you know, high stakes, edgy. You're really playing up your strong suit with this intro. And then I thought, like, I started writing these down. He goes, like, my name is Roy Zimmerman. I was like, oh, this character is probably important. This is probably the main character. Narrating. Royce Harmon. <laughs> Royce Harmon. So there's a Royce Harmon voiceover. So we basically start. Is Harmon his name? I literally wrote down Roy Zimmerman. That's not his name. It is Royce Harmon. I'm pretty, I'm fairly oh, certain wow. that it's Harmon. I mean, again. It I is. I'm looking, I'm looking at I the Wikipedia earlier, right now. I'm very bad with understanding what people's names are when they say them out loud. I've learned. Um, he, he is 41 years of age. He is 41, yep. Well, actually, spoiler alert. 
he 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 was. I I, get, I don't think the voice was Royce Harmon. Dun dun dun. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. And then we see a man walking down a hallway. And then I believe that ends with a gunshot. Yeah. Like we hear the gun. We, we don't see, it. obviously, we don't see what happens. We just, we see a man walking down a hallway. Nondescript man, nondescript hallway. And I, ends, in a, ends in a gunshot. And I did rewatch this first half, right? I think to try to, like, fill in some gaps and in my notes and make sure I have my thoughts. And one of the things I keyed up on the second time was that the person walking down the hallway doesn't look like somebody who's going into a bathtub to shoot himself. It looks like somebody who's sneaking through a house to shoot someone. So, really good filming, directing, and editing Nick, that Nick, I didn't even pick up on the first time. I was like, Nick might be giving a preview of what his thoughts are going also, to be. If you haven't uh, seen the first episode, I, I suggest you watch it before listening to this podcast. Yes. I think it's probably... You know, you could do what I'm doing, and you could watch the first half and then listen listen to us talk, and then you could watch the second half and listen to the second part of the podcast. But you probably want to at least watch the episode. So yes. hopefully, I mean, I'm we're not gonna... spoiling anything for our listeners. But original air date 2000, you have had plenty of time true, to watch this show. All right, so we're not going to do spoiler alert warnings because it's been out since 2000. Yeah, You've yeah. had plenty of time. And then, so the next thing written on uh, my sheet is. Nerd Squad. Nerd Squad minus two. Oh, yeah. this is how long we've been friends. That my next yeah. note was also. I was like, Nerd what a line. Squad. I was like, what a line. Just it's such a two thousand line. Yeah. It's such a. It's such an early two thousand. Like, oh, the Nerd Squad is here. We have this scene with two police officers, detectives. I assume. Yep. You know, at a crime scene, two gentlemen get out of cars. I don't know who these people are yet. I literally had to write two guys left. Uh, serious to relaxed and then right frustrated uh, also left has kit right and so this, later, is Grissom, and this is Grissom and later on I would write Gil is the guy on the left yep Gil and Grissom Captain James is the guy on the right Captain Jim Brass Jim Brass oh is that his last name that is I, his last name I, I didn't get his last like, he's kind of seen on a nameplate in one scene yep but he never introduced himself so Grissom and Brass are going into the crime scene and then we we cut to the deceased being in the bathtub, Grissom and Brass being in the bathroom, and Brass is basically like suicide, right? Done into shift. Let me go get get some Krispy Kremes. I'm hungry. I, I wrote. I wrote suicide. Probably not. That would make this a bad show. <laughs> You're like, no. I know that's a little too simple. It's a little too straightforward. And then I wrote, and then Grissom pulls up one of the larvae. I think it's like stage Cuba. three. Yep. Uh, stage three larva or whatever. It's been dead. These guys have been dead for seven days. Which, oh, the smell in that room. The smell in that room must have been horrendous. I mean, I know that Nevada is a dry heat, so it's like better than finding him in Florida, but still, bad. It can't be good. It's like your compost bucket if you right. leave it out. And then Grissom finds the, the suicide, quote-unquote, note, a.k.a. the recorder. Yes. And then... <laughs> they immediately cut to them playing it. Yes, right? for the That's family. You, you kind of hear it. I think you hear it back again. I can't remember. Yes, because the the voiceover was the recording. Yep. Or part of the recording. And then so you kind of hear part of the recording again. 
I wrote in big letters WTF for Grissom playing this for the family. Yes. Yes. I was, why would you do that? Why would you? Playing a suicide note for mom. I mean, it's important. For mom and sister, and sister then like, and then like, ba- like letting the bang, like at least like if you're gonna have oh, them yeah, listen the, to it, the gunshot. Yes, at least like you know that that's coming. At least Grissom should have had his thumb ready on the button to be like as soon as the voice stopped to be like boop. You don't need to hear the gunshot that killed your son slash it's definitely brother. Definitely a, a choice for drama, right? Yes. Oh, of course. It you're was definitely trying to play play it up. Because it's also it's also important because Sister Storm's out of the room. Yep. Which I mentioned because it's important to one of my predictions later. Ooh, okay. Uh, I like it. And Mom goes, that's his picture, but that's not my son's voice. Dun, dun, dun. And that's the first turn, the, turning on to our first murder. And then I wrote The Who. Yes. Cut so to the opening credits. Song plays. Who yeah. are you? I don't know who, the song. Who? Like, I know the song, but I don't know the name of the song. And I didn't want to look it up, but I was, I'm 95% certain this is The Who. Because I, it is I the think who. they played it at the Super Bowl. And that's the only oh, reason okay. I actually know who sings the song. That's funny. It is The Who. So, yeah, so it cuts to opening credits. And then we go to Holly pulling up CSI headquarters. Yes. Who, that... We don't know that this is Holly at the moment, but. Oh, I wrote Old Car. Cool. Yes, very Question old mark. car. Very old. Like, even for 2000, it was an old car. I wrote, I wrote cool. Like, you're trying to be cool. <laughs> Retro? Yeah, like, with an old car. And then, because uh, it wasn't in bad shape, either. Which is, you know, no. it's you show up in a really old car that... It's it was a, a clunker. Chunk. It's the only one your family still has. Yeah. Right? I wrote girl, small kit. Yes. Because Grissom had a big kit. Uh, what does that this, say about I believe him? this note is for later on. Oh, no, yeah. She walks into his office, and I wrote wigged out she walks yes. into this office which we'll see has is pigs in jars and insects and yeah. weird things all over the place we'll soon learn belongs to gil grissom yes so this is when this is when he is introduced says. officially to the viewers he introduces himself to holly's basically in a way like a stand-in for the viewer right she's being introduced to to, to Gil Grissom as we're being introduced to Gil Grissom and the characters being introduced to her is being introduced to us. So Gil Grissom introduces himself All right. and then asks for a pint of her blood. Yeah, I said wants pint of blood. And we do get some insight to that later, but yes. first I was like, that is very creepy. Yeah, uh, uh, I've I've had some weird first days at jobs, I'll admit. Never had that. That's start, never been something that's happened to me. She really gives up her line of questioning as to why <laughs> very quickly. Yes. Like, you know, you think somebody who's an investigator by trade. Yeah, would push back. Really be like, I would like some more. I would like to get to the bottom of the clues here. <laughs> Understand why you need a pint of my blood. So what is Holly's last name? Gribs. With an R. Okay. With an R. Yes, because it, it almost sounds like Gibbs at certain times. Yes, I wrote Gibbs. And then I and I and then one time I thought I heard Gribbs, and then I thought I heard Gibbs again, and I was like, I don't know anyone's last name. Yeah, <laughs> it's, as far as I know, it down. is. I'm fairly certain that it is. Yeah, it is Gribbs. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, Gribbs. Mm-hmm. But I've I agree with you that I feel like I've heard it as both. Yeah, but well, also like these are all like new facts, right? So I'm trying to like take these all in right away. Yep. And then we cut to. 
and th- they have not been introduced, but I know who they are. <laughs> For the second time again, I wrote two guys. Yep. So Nick and Warwick are at yeah. the board, which well, is <laughs> where the cases come in, and then they mark if they're solved or not. So, so they're they're standing at the board, and is then that... we find out that they're both one solve away from a promotion. Yes, from uh, solve number 100. Yes, and that will mean a promotion. And it's a decent promotion, too. It's $8,000 more a year, uh, an extra week of vacation. $3,000 like raise in vacation. I wrote this down because, well, here, I'll, I'll, let me give you my approach to this scene. I wrote two guys, competitive board. I wrote white guy, black guy, because I didn't even notice the first time that their names were on the board. <laughs> it happened so fast. Um. The second time through, I got because I the entire first time I watched this episode, I did not know who Warwick's name, what Warwick's name was. Oh, really? Yeah, I kind of missed it when I was writing some. I think I wrote down Nick Stokes uh, later on when they when the captain says their names. Yeah. And then while I was writing that down, he said that Warwick's name, and I just missed it. And so I looked the whole episode. He was just so he was just the black guy, which is awful, but. At the same time, it was the only it was the only thing I had written down. But I also wrote that they're younger than the other two guys. So we have a two guy scene at the start. Oh yeah, those are yeah, the older we, guys. Yep. They've clearly been around the block, and now we have a two guys younger scene. Yep. Right. Yep. And I wrote they have a c- competitive battle between them, and they're at a dead heat. Next crime solve gets promoted. For some reason, they're betting $20 when the rewards are so much bigger. A $3,000 raise a week of vacation. <laughs> also, the gambler, because I didn't know, because uh, that's the only other fact I knew about uh, Warwick, because yep. apparently yep. he liked to gamble. He said he's up $4,000, and they're going to make a $20 bet <laughs> for their 100th case off. Probably. He's not as confident. Maybe he's not as confident about it as he made himself out to be. Yeah, I feel Maybe like, I feel I like there's a higher. difference between talking about gambling and having people actually gamble on the show, and they just didn't feel comfortable having two characters engaging in a more high-stakes gamble. Yeah, that makes because sense. Because of the message that it would send to the viewers, right? Right. Like $20 still seems, it's it's token, right? It's 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 friendly at this point, right? When obviously winning means so much more. They didn't say it, but the implication is that only one of them gets to get promoted. Yeah, which is weird, <laughs> I assume that they would both get promoted if that's what happens. Right. If that's a um, threshold, if that's the, hey, you solve 100 cases and then get promoted. It, it It is a little strange that it's like, but only one of you. And then and then that's basically the end of that scene. And we cut yep. again. Yep. And we're back to Gil and Holly where he's talking about starting the shift off. She's presumably given him a pint of blood now because yep, she so she's low, lightheaded she's so feeling she a little blood sugar yep and he offers her, her a chocolate bug from his creepy fridge yes he does <laughs> and she's like no offense i wouldn't eat anything out of that fridge which and fair that's before she knew it was even a bug yep <laughs> and then we go to brask debriefing the crew and giving out jobs so just kind of saying nick you yep. have this work you have this, this case, and then case. And then kind of ends on the, has anyone seen Catherine Willows? Yep. She, Q, wrote, Catherine Willows. She's running late. And I wrote, <laughs> mom with daughter. <laughs> yes. And I, we don't, I haven't seen or had really any other mention, but she had a young girl with her. She leaves in the car. Don't know who the driver was. Her sister, I think. Yeah. And said, so you know, mom will see, you know, I'll pick you up later or something. Yeah. Also, we didn't really talk about this. 
But this is the middle of the night, right? This is like the graveyard shift? Yes, they do the graveyard shift. Yeah. 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 Of the show, which also comes up later. When you're thinking about the fact this little girl's wide awake at 12.30 at night and she's running late. I mean, I'm not saying leave your kids home alone, but I feel like parents would have left me at home if one had to drive the other one to their job and back midnight. Midnight, yeah. Yeah. But that was uh, several times I'm like, I have to keep reminding myself in the middle of the night. Yes. When they're yes. going off and doing things and like, you know, situations are occurring. And then so we have the brass and Holly scene next where back, brass basically yeah, like, back to, yeah, I just wrote him down as CSI leader. Didn't have his name yet. Yep. He's like, you're the fifth person I've been forced to hire. So we learned that Holly's mom is a police officer. Yes. A lieutenant, which, and then I wrote, finally wrote Captain James, spit, and then underscore because I couldn't write it down. Has it has it out for her? Yeah, yeah. This was a very, like, I didn't want you here. I'm gonna put you through your paces and worse than that sort of scene. Yep. And then we go to our second crime scene, our home invasion, our kind of home invasiony crime scene. This is, I think the thing I'm the storyline I'm most interested in this show. Okay. As of right now. Okay. So we get a view of, you know, a family, husband, wife, child. Catherine Willows basically says to the wife, like, are you you know, are you alright? You know, she seems to be, you know, really struggling and the husband just kinda like curtly is like, She's fine. And there's a daughter a girl there as well, right? Yes, they're the small daughter or something. Yep. And and then we get our first crime recreation. And then also, so it's Catherine Willows and it's Warwick Warwick Brown. Yes. So this would be his case for his 100 crime. Yes, this would be his 100. Yeah, I wrote fake flashbacks because it's actually husband is narrating, right? Yes, this is the husband's telling of what happened, his recreation of what happened according to him. Yep. So we're seeing a lot of things visually, but obviously the characters are only getting a verbal yes. thing. But I think as the, I assume this is going to be a stylistic thing that remains true. And we've seen this in other shows before, right? Character tells a story. It happened one way over the course of the episode. You kind of get the updated version of these flashbacks to sort of show you maybe how it could have happened another way or how it really happened as the sort of clues unravel, right? Yep. Yeah, well, we will we will see this again. We will see this yeah. this turn of play again. So they ask the husband, you know, did you move, redress, alter the victim at all, wear his shoes? And he's categorically like, nope, mm-hmm. didn't do any of that stuff. And then they notice that he has a bloody pinky toe. Yep. And that the left shoe was tied differently on the victim. Yes. And there's a big uh, footprint on the door. Yes. Uh, implying that the door was kicked in by the assailant, right? Yes. And then, then he shot him in defense. So in self-defense. maybe he skipped yep. over the the flashback, but the flashback is there was a, per, a friend staying with him. He overstayed their welcome. The husband threw him out. They don't really say why he came back, but then he comes back angrily, breaks down the door. Husband has a gun. Husband shoots the guy. That's it. That's the husband's version A of yes. the story. Yes. Then we go to autopsy. Where we find out that... Oh, I guess I just wrote down Oops, sorry, that he faked the crime scene. 
That was my. Uh, I said toe was bloody. He clearly faked the crime scene. Oh, okay. Yeah, at that point, I think I think I'm, I'm pretty convinced that the husband has likely kicked, faked kicking in the door. Okay, so for the the store for Warwick's crime, Nick's thought is that the husband did not act in self-defense. Correct. Okay. I mean that's going to remain true, but I was saying like even at this point. Yeah, was, you were like I, no. I was already. I, I was immediately like, okay, well, clearly this is, you know, somebody could, although when we get to my notes, I have maybe a slightly different take. Okay. Not wildly different. But okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll get there. I'm excited. Way. So we go to autopsy where we, crazy enough, Scheduled learn. at 1230 in the morning. Yes. That was Because it is graveyard shift. That was mentioned earlier in the episode. Like, yes. You have, a, you have an autopsy scheduled at 1230. Bring the new girl. Right? The, yep, the and they find out. Uh, Brass says that to, to yes. Grissom. I just remember thinking, like, you're scheduling autopsies. Well, does the coroner, can't you do like a nine to five coroner? But it's the city that never sleeps. City that never sleeps. Gotta, yeah. gotta keep it going. So they learn that it's not a suicide. They do the because explanation the, of the bullet angle and yep. hole size and everything. Yep. Yeah, that it was basically you if you put the gun directly up to yourself and fired versus how large the wound would be yeah. if you were shot at a distance. So they were shot at a distance that someone wouldn't be able to hold the gun themselves and and shoot at that distance. It would have to be they'd have to be shot by somebody else. And then Holly gets sick from the smell and leaves and there's a very uncomfortable Oh yeah. She's, she is she's cute. cute. Yeah, I wrote that down. I was like... So uncomfortable. Um, you uh, could be her grandfather. Can you, creepy. A, act professional, and then B, not comment on women's appearances, please? It just... Oh, that so uncomfortable. Fly for one second these days. No. The whole shows would be canceled and not for the network. Yeah, it was just... It was very... I was... Oh, that was uncomfortable. Uh, that, that was definitely a... Oh, this was released in 2000. Got it. Mm-hmm. There's another scene later on where I was also just like, oh, yeah, like makes me feel dirty <laughs> with Nick and the young lab tech. Yeah, we'll get to that when we get yep, there. Yeah, yeah, we will. Yeah, I think and it's actually so like the next scene. Holly ends up getting stuck in the morgue, and Grissom has to like rescue her. Is a very weird. Yeah, so so she's Scene. she's very squeamish at first, and yes. she gets sick, and she goes to the room, and then she's in a morgue, and they do the weird thing where she accidentally pulls off the cover. Yeah, and, and like exposes bodies. another body, even though like she's been in school for this. I can't imagine this is. Wouldn't you have seen dead bodies in right. your school? Yeah, yeah like, they ask her like, "Oh, first dead body." I was like, "Wait, did you be a CSI investigator? They didn't have one autopsy, right?" That, you had like, to go that seems people okay. donate their bodies to science so that people can study them, and part of it is like for reasons like this. But yeah, she really freaks out. She yells for help. Yes, right. Gil shows up, gets her out, and then he does this weird thing where he like yells at the dead bodies. To the yeah, door. that was a very odd scene. And then, I, then they hugs her, and I wrote, "Gil is funny?" Question mark. <laughs> Maybe. And then I wrote, "Dad like like it's like a very dad jokey." And then he's hugging her. I was like, "Is that what they're they're going for?" I'm not sure, but he yeah, has this sort it's of like paternalness to him. It's a it's a weird scene, and so after that odd interlude, we go to. Nick arriving at a hotel room to investigate the trick roll where he meets Mr. Lafferty. Is that what they called it? Trick roll? 
Yes. And Mr. Lafferty goes on this whole spiel about how much he loves his wife and he's always been faithful. But all it took was one hot-looking brunette to make him totally forget about his wife. Yeah. I don't I don't buy your oh I'm so faithful and I love her so much. Thing about being faithful is is you're either 100% faithful or 0% faithful. Right. So right. Once is all it yeah. takes. There's not there's not really degrees of it. And so and then th- this is like another kind of ugh moment where Nick is basically like, "Oh, well, was she hot?" and he's like, "Oh, yeah." As if like that like yeah. makes what happened here okay because the woman was really hot i'm like okay that's that's great yeah, it's like validating him in some way yeah like oh it's okay that you cheated on your wife because like the choices. woman was really attractive so that makes it okay that you cheated on your wife of 30 years or however it, long they were married it does like a swab of his cheek because he knows a foreign substance yeah like his lips looked like the inside of his lips looked a little bit discolored so nick mm-hmm. is like hey let me take a swab of that and you know, see if we can find out what caused you to basically pass out and able to be robbed in the way that you were. Yeah, and then oh, he says we're seeing more more of these in the last. Like, yeah, more and more hours, forty-eight hours. Yeah, which is like that's all. If you're seeing more, like you're either on the second one or we're talking about like the tenth one in forty-eight hours, which to me, which is actually quite alarming. Yeah, so I, I assume we will learn a little bit more about that. We will learn uh, a little bit. As we go. Spoiler alert: We'll but learn a little bit more about this. I do have a uh, I do have a guest note here, which is, uh, and it, we don't really get much more on this scene before our next pause. So maybe you know what? I'll just hold on to it. I'll, okay, I'll, we'll I'll hold on to it. it. Okay, save it for the end. Okay, and so then we cut to a really short scene where Grissom is dropping Holly off at the liquor store. It's basically yep. like Holly's first like crime scene on her own. He's trying to like cheer her up after what happened at Optopsy and in the morgue. Mm-hmm. And he basically, you know, is just like, hey, like take pictures, swab for prints, you know, if you're done earlier than I'll expected, pick you up in an hour. <laughs> use a certain channel. Otherwise, like I'll be back in an hour to pick you up. Also, such a dad thing to say. It is. It is a very much dad. I I want you to be waiting outside for me when I come back. It is a very dad thing to say. Then we cut to uh, Warwick, who is looking at evidence from his case, and I found it again. I know that the the lab tech that he was talking to is supposed to be a stand-in for the audience. But oh, you're a lab tech looking... and you don't know what hair follicles are? Yeah, yeah. He's explaining to that person. Yes, he's explaining to his lab tech, oh, those buds, you know, the kind of like the buds or the seeds at the end of the hair are the pulp. And they're only there if the hair is ripped out of the skull. The hair naturally falls out. It doesn't have that pulp to it. But if it's ripped out, it does. And I'm like, this guy is a lab tech. He should know this. You should not have to be explaining very basic <laughs> Yeah, I mean, forensics definitely, to definitely, this gentleman besides you like he is your colleague <laughs> definitely there for the audience yeah at least that's like a nameless character yes i, I think you have to be really careful like when you use like a a primary character to do that versus use like a like a named character right yes but i i assume this is gonna be pretty common on the show you're gonna always have to explain things to people you know, I you know the best show in the world ever at doing that was House, because you basically had a guy who knew more than everybody else. Yes, and he just loved and so to it just worked. People. Yeah, so he, he was always lecturing his students like he as as a way of lecturing the audience. But here, yeah, I mean, there's there's only so many times you're gonna have someone who wouldn't know basic 
you know, crime scene investigation techniques. Right, to explain it to. To explain it to, yeah. And so then we go to back to the liquor store for a little while, where mm-hmm. the liquor store owner is basically freaking out, asking how long it's going to take. It's going to take, yada, yada. I'll be weird. At this point, it's actually really hard for him to follow the storyline because I, I got tired of writing one line and then being like, next scene, next scene. <laughs> so I started just keeping a section for each storyline. Okay. So okay. now, so now I have the whole liquor store thing, and then I have like the whole rest of the work scene all like together. Okay, I have it. I have it split up, so I can kind of yeah. guide us towards like where we are, and then your notes can kind of fill in in the meantime. So then we yeah. cut to Warwick interviewing the husband from his crime scene. Yep. And he basically gets the husband to admit. He changes his story. He changes his story, and we he got basically got him to say that he put the shoe back on the victim yeah now he's saying he tripped on the shoe yeah or something you know afterwards or something and then he put it back on and then he he didn't he was nervous and that's why he didn't tell him right like he's basically like i killed a man you know i was nervous you can't blame me i just killed somebody which to be honest fair we're we're designed to not like this husband but I think that's a fair thing to say, yeah, I'm really nervous and I'm maybe tripping myself up right now because I just killed somebody. Uh, and then we go to Holly needing backup. Yeah. So, so yeah, so we're back up. So Holly calls uh, for backup. Catherine answers on the radio and then eventually shows up. But I don't know. Yes, but we have thing. the in between that. So we, we get the Holly needs backup and then we go to the scene where with Nick and Sanders who I don't know if they say Sanders in this but scene that's or not the and other I just lab guy. that is the other lab guy his name is Sanders okay Greg I... Sanders and they talk about the $8,000 so Q-tip yeah he'll be in more episodes then yes okay. Sanders returns to other episodes yeah, they, the $8,000 Q-tip, which immediately returns no results. No results. And then they go on this but weird... They do talk about Dreamcast, the sweet new system that had just come out. Which I was which like, I was really like, they must have paid for old. advertising. This but had it, to be an advertising drop because it doesn't fit into any other part of yeah. the show. It made me feel really old. I mean, like, the show is so old that Dreamcast is like that new existed for like 20 years. It was brand new. <laughs> I was like, okay, I definitely know where I am. And then they kind of paint Sanders as a little raunchy. I don't know if raunchy is the right word. Because yeah, both... he talks about how like the best swabs are anal swabs and is like yeah. all about talking about why the best swabs are anal but, swabs. Like, they're both in that conversation. So like Stokes, it's very frat boy. It is very frat boy. Kind of conversation between Stokes and Sanders. Yeah, I was like, this is... I, I sit here and I think, I, I just, all I can do is be like, wow. I can only imagine this was making people uncomfortable 20 yes. years ago. Yeah. That's that's all I can think. Yes. And, and then also, we it go... It doesn't make any sense. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It doesn't make any sense. They're like, oh, it's like literally like mouth swabs never work, but vaginal swabs work, and then anal swabs are the best. And I was like, they just made that up. That's not a real thing. They just wanted right. to say those for the second half, For the second half of this episode, I'm going to research this and see. Yeah. I'm going to find out what I the best like, swabs are. <laughs> Like, I could understand why, like, your mouth, you get stuff breaking down all the time. I feel like everything else, they just they just wanted it to be. They just wanted to have that scene. Yeah. And I don't know why. I don't know why either. I think I think they wanted to be edgy, and I think this was, like, their attempt at being edgy. Yeah. Well, it's sex 
right? Las Vegas, you know, have that right. like sex, sex and gambling and risk and all those things. Right. And so then we go to Willow's, Catherine Willow showing up to the liquor store to basically rescue okay. Holly. And she takes the gun away from the shop owner and and Holly and, and says, like, basically, you can come pick it up tomorrow. Like, if you don't care about solving this crime, we don't either. And Holly's like, can we do that? And, and Catherine just, like, laughs. And she's like, nope. And walks out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, right. You get this notion that she doesn't necessarily have to follow. She doesn't follow the rules. Right. That she's, you know. But also, she's just like, she's just doing, you know, what she needs to do to get it done. Right, but also you you missed the the shopkeepers. We get the shopkeeper's full name, because those uh, Holly and uh, oh yeah, Catherine haven't met. Yeah, so they introduce themselves they introduce to one other. another, and she's like, I I don't remember. I didn't write it down. There. I didn't write it Charlene down either, so I don't. know. But she's like, I'm Charlene, whatever. If we're being formal, and I was like, that's the that's good comedy. I'm sorry, that's like it's it's kind of a preposterous scene to be like exchanging full names there but as a new viewer it's also really good yes. to be getting these names a second time yeah and then have the shopkeeper be like yeah well i'm you know so and so i'm so and so you know but yeah then she's like is someone gonna clean up my cash register or something like she doesn't yeah. want she clearly doesn't want anything to do do with them and so they, yeah they, they head off and if there's another scene with them so is there is that we jump again we jump again then? to grissom yeah, banging the the, the fake head with the golf club, which is like an iconic, like part of the, the opening uh, credit scene. Oh, is it? Yes. Is it going to get an updated open credit scene? Possibly. Yes. If it wasn't in, if it wasn't in, it could have been today's I, opening I credits. Then it is later on. It is. I know because like I've seen that scene so many, so times. many times. Oh, okay. So many times. You took a whole pint of blood from the new girl just to sh- shoot it. So. Yeah, and and Grissom and Work have this again, mostly for the audience talk about following the evidence, right? Let the evidence do the talking, follow the evidence. You know, basically like follow put your the shoe. Yeah, follow the shoe. Put your the worst. Put, put your preconceptions aside and just allow the evidence to do the talking. Other than the cringe lines that we've talked about, yes, might be the worst writing in the whole episode. Oh, follow the shoe. I, no. Follow the shoe is fine. This whole exorcist story. Yeah, it was it, weird. That, the worst analogy for what he's trying to prove. Yeah. I didn't get it. No, I, I didn't. I, and when I rewatched it, I still didn't get it. Yeah, you were like, second watching <laughs> didn't provide any clarity. No, but the message was right, right? And so then, so then Warwick re examines the shoe. Yes. And inside there's a toenail. Bum, bum, and the bum. second time I watched, I tried to play really close. Ex- really close attention to the toenail because of my theory on okay. the crime okay. and it didn't really help me so <laughs> i could be wrong <laughs> well, we're going to find out soon because we're getting really hurt me actually but we're we're getting pretty close to the to the the stopping point so then we have oh i guess i guess that's that's a misnomer because i had that thought but we already know the husband is the one with the bloody toe Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, and then I have to turn my page sideways because I was trying to not go into a next page. <laughs> I'll buy you. I'll buy you some notebooks if you so, need some notebooks. I'm going to send you some notebooks for this. I uh, well, the best part is I went on the next page anyways. But so we cut to Grissom and a different oh, lab yeah. tech, and this this, lab this fingerprint. No, we never see this person again. Fun oh, fun my fact. Lord. 
we never see her again. She's in it, the she's in the pilot episode. Does like not back, make it past the pilot. She has backstory. Yeah, they yeah. definitely set her up as if yeah. she's going to be like a fairly significant part of the show. We never ever see her again. So she's a nope. she's a one and done. We never character. see push me against the wall girl again. Never see her again. Again, a weird attempt to be edgy. That's that's edgy. Is like wanting to be that's pushed up against a wall and kissed kissed like you mean it. Is yeah. so edgy. It's more edgy than Pink Floyd's Touch of the Wizard of Oz. That is true. Which uh, so yeah. So but she uh, tells Grissom other... that basically the impression the 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 fingerprint impression on the recorder is too, too perfect. Good. Yeah. And then finds like components that shows that there's latex flakes mm-hmm. mixed in with the print and cooking oil or something and cooking oil and so her thought is that it's planted yeah is yeah. her it's, is her like a perfect print too right? it's She's perfect yeah. so her thought is this is planted which is another another strike in the column of Royce yeah. Harmon did not commit suicide. Yes, it's pretty obvious at this point that Royce Harmon has not committed suicide. Yeah. And uh, then I think, well, let's make sure that you want, have... did you, did you go to Holly and Catherine's like heart to heart at the restaurant? Yes, yeah, okay. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that I didn't yeah, that... get too ahead of you. That's here, the last so. scene. I think okay. I okay. That's what I figured from what you told me the timestamp was, but I just wanted to make sure. So we go to Holly and Catherine sitting in a restaurant and Holly's, admitting that she's just like fulfilling her mom's dreams like this isn't what she wants to do this is what her mom wants to do yeah pushed, and, i said holly was pushed into csi yes by her mom and i think i love Catherine's line here to her right it, i'm not going to tell you to do your life but like solve your first case and if you're not as high as king kong and cocaine afterwards in other words like you gotta you don't even know what it means to do this job bit right give it a chance you know and it's like it's like i think this job will sell itself right that's yeah and she she loves it right that's her way of also saying like this is the greatest job in my mind and i think you're gonna find the greatest job ever and all the ups and downs they'll all work themselves out all right and so this is this is where we stopped so let's i know that we're gonna we're gonna reconfigure this for later episodes viewers we're gonna we're gonna come up with better better ways yeah. to do this but we're this time we opted to watch half the episode have nick give his thoughts as to the the solving of the cases and then watch the rest of the episode and then come back and talk about it we're gonna probably tweak this a little bit because especially in the actually like in two of the three cases we have next to no information yeah. really we have the royce Harmon suicide case that grissom is investigating we have the drunken f- ex-roommate shows back up case that warwick is investigating and then we have the trick role that yeah. nick is investigating <laughs> But let's hear your thoughts, yeah, given so, from, from what you can. So I'm calling uh, the Royce story the A story with Gil. Okay. Uh, and this one, I, I definitely have a big note. There's not enough information. That's fair. So in terms of a guess, my only guess at this point, because the only two related characters that we've met, the mom and the sister. And so at this point... If anybody I know has done it, it's probably the sister. Okay. Because she gets gets up and runs out of the room, which is one thing. But the mom is a. They would never have known, right? 
that, that it wasn't it, that, that it wasn't his it voice. Was a suicide if she didn't tell them. Yep. And so that would be a very bad move on her side unless she's really thinking out three steps ahead of them, yep. right? Where she yep. wants to use the defense. So, but my guess is there's more to this story that just has it unraveled. Okay. The second story I've written down is the Warwick storyline. And so I actually think, so I'm convinced the husband has staged the crime scene. The husband kicked in the door, broke his pinky toe. Okay. That's why it's bleeding. Yep. That's, that's my belief. But I actually think his wife shot the victim. Oh, okay. So you think he's covering up for her. And that is okay. why she is so shaken. Okay. And he's just, he doesn't want, you know, he's trying to protect his family yep. by taking, by being the one so that they're not looking at her. And I don't know what else is going to be involved in that. Right. Yep. Uh, as to why that happened that way, whether or not he was really staying with them for that long, whether, you know, he, maybe he was, you know, being aggressive to her in some other way or to, or to their daughter, you know, which is also like, she was there. Mm-hmm. They, they showed what showed you her for a second. So, uh, that's my, uh, that's my, uh, long shot is that I think that, uh, there's also this whole thing with Warwick, right? Where he's like, I know he's lying, but then I don't know if I trust his story. I think in the first scene, he's like, I can always tell when they're lying to me. That's why I took this job. Right. When whiteys, when whiteys, whiteys are lying yes, to me. Yes. I always tell when whitey lies to me. Yeah. He says, yeah. Um, and so I'm thinking, I think he senses in the husband, not that he nefariously killed this guy, but I think that maybe there's more to it. Okay. So who, who does the hair belong to? Right. Mm-hmm. They didn't even, they haven't even answered that question yet. Oh, the right? ripped out hair. Yeah. Yep. And so what was, what exactly was going on? But I think that maybe the, the wife shot and then the husband was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, he fakes the crime scene, and then he talks to the police, and that's why she's so shook up because she's like, "I killed this person." She's the one who's actually okay. Uh, All right. Crazy. Uh, for Stokes, we don't have a lot of information. No, we have like ne- we note, have no information. My note from earlier was clearly there's probably a substance on the skin of the call girl or or whatever the escort yep. that he brings back, and that's what knocked him out. Okay. But there's like no other information about no, they they really is or. Why else they would care about them other than the fact there's been a bunch. So yeah, so we don't know yet okay. how I'm nope. doing. I think that, as Lauren mentioned earlier, we do things a little differently. And I think it might be interesting to, to write down when I think I figured it out. And or another variation that might be keeping like a log. Maybe pause at a few different places and update it. Yep. Right, when I think I figured something out. And then see how many times I'm wrong. Because there might be a storyline where I'm like, oh, I think this happened. Cross it out. Oh, they got me. Nope. Now I think this happened. Cross it out. Right. Now I think this happened. I could like write down all those times and maybe at the end we could sort of talk about the journey and how they do a good job sewing mystery. And because I think that's one of the interesting things of the watch this show is pausing and reflecting about how they bring you along through all these storylines simultaneously and get you thinking about things and, you know, in different ways. Yep. All right, so we're going to go. We're going to watch the second half of this episode, and then we will be back to talk about it with all of you guys. Thank you. Hi. Thanks. Would you mind taking off your jacket and rolling up your sleeve? For what? I need a pint of your blood. It's customary for all new hires. Why? (laughs) So many reasons. Welcome back to 
part two of our review of Pilot, the very first episode of CSI. Premiere, right? The yeah, premiere, premiere episode. episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we return to a scene with Brass and Warwick. Yes. And Brass, Captain Brass is refusing to give a warrant. Gets pretty heated. Yeah. I, it's a heated exchange. I, I had to write something down here. I had to write, why is he such an ass? <laughs> They do, they really do paint Captain Brass in a really bad light in this scene. Is this like a pattern of behavior that we'll see throughout the show? Is it like a character development arc where we'll see him change at the show? Or is this maybe one of the things where this is how he was in the pilot, and maybe when we get into the second episode, they've rethought his character a little bit? I think this is one of those things that post-pilot or post-first few episodes maybe because like the mm-hmm. first few episodes are are, are are tied to the pilot. Yep. He changes. Okay. Yeah. yeah this, I is mean, not a, I, this is not a long-term character trait of Captain Brass. My, my initial take is like, this can't test well. This yeah. is not the kind of, you know, somebody wrote this character like this and the guy's playing it like this, but like, I think as the show comes together, better directing, better writing, which usually happens where they get more money. They can the writers' room goes from like three people to six people, right? So you get better mm-hmm. ideas. You just progress, and and I was like, there's a lot of I like the composition of the team when I think about it. Yeah, you have some different levels of seniority and skill sets and personalities, and I think that having a good leader is important. And I think that that that'll come out. Mm-hmm. So. So he refuses to give the warrant, and then Brass takes a call and immediately gets a warrant for Grissom. Yeah, he's like, I'll call the judge for somebody else. Yep. No, not for you. Not for you, Warwick, but for somebody yeah. else. So Warwick, you know, storms out, which, fair. Fair. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Grissom, like, chases after him, right? Do they have a... like? I think that's that's later, I think. Oh, that is later. You're right, you're right. You're I believe right. that's later. That is later. Okay. Because so I don't I have like, it written down in my... Okay. Either so. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of scene jumping. So I was like, maybe I just didn't write it down. But I was like, I feel that that's later. So now we cut to Nick arriving to a crash on the strip. Yep. Call girl of some kind. Mm -hmm. Right, just crashed her car. She. Mm -hmm. It's the same. Crazy enough, it's the same call girl in the flashback that we get from the guy in the first part of the episode. Do we? Do we see a face in that yes. flashback? Oh, okay. We do. I think with the when they're walking sep- down the strip, he's like draped over her, mm-hmm. and she's like laughing. And then I think we also see her face when she comes out and does that strip tease. Oh, okay. Sort of thing. You know, so crazy enough, same woman. There was like a week between, but I mean, they make it pretty obvious that this so is they check that for this discoloration. Is a, this is the escort slash call girl in question. Yeah. Jack for discussion. She's passed out, right? You're, yes. I think you're led to believe. Okay, this is related. They sent her to the hospital. Yep. No discoloration yeah, in the mouth. Scene. Like he checked her mouth, didn't find any discoloration, which comes up later. Yes, I believe. There's uh, no discoloration in the mouth. So we would have just just given my predictions, and I believe my uh, this is tracking well for me, right? That there were uh, some kind of drug on the skin. Yes. Yes. So we now go to Warwick arriving to the judge's house and the police accost him. And I have to say, yeah. I was thinking about this because this, again, the original error date was 2000. This was way before police profile like, or like the focus on police profiling 
yeah, I was mean, a thing in the way that it has been in the last, like, let's say four or five years. Yeah, I think even as a police officer, the way that the sort of violence, sort of unprompted escalation of violence yes. against black Americans by police, or at least the fact that, that it's been documented and so well with cell phones, I don't think he would have been as abrasive because he may very well have had a little bit more fear for his well-being. But we certainly had, we were well past things like Rodney King. Yep. I mean, NWA. Yep. I mean, from the 70s on, it's been extremely publicly well-documented, like profiling of black people by police officers, Correct. you know? And so this is, I think, this is sort of like that 2000s take on the situation. And it's kind of cool. I mean, it's good to see that we were always, you know, trying to bring that to the limelight a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, and somebody was, right? Even though, you know, certainly it, it didn't help. And certainly things I think are largely considered much worse today than they were back then. Yes. But, or uh, we just, or we're more, either they're worse today and or we're yeah. more cognizant of yeah. it today. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's it's twofold. Both, it's both the the neighbor calling because a black man yes. is outside of seven. Like, but two, what? The level of escalation by the police officer. The guy identifies, the work identifies himself as a police officer right away. Right. Immediately and he's like, I'm, you know, I'm a CSI. I don't, I know he doesn't say he's a CSI, but he says something to yeah, say D, like. DI or something. Yeah. Or I can't ID, remember what he says. ID. Yeah. I don't know what that means yet. And because the judge says it too. He's like, this is Warwick Brown from ID, you know. Congratulations, you caught him. <laughs> yeah, so the judge judge basically puts the police officers in their place, or at least a police officer, the one, the main aggressor, yeah. in his place. And Warwick and the judge get to talking, and the judge agrees to get him his warrant as long as Warwick puts down a bet, basically. Yeah, I wrote gambling for a warrant. Is that worse than racial profiling? <laughs> I don't think it's worse. Because, it's not great. It's not great. Well, I don't think it's worse. I don't I think it's think, great. I mean, from a constitutional scholarship standpoint, the the unreasonable search and seizure, right, that's a big part of our constitution. So yes. the judge is like, I don't really care about the evidence as long as you go bet $4,000. That's a lot of corruption. That's true. That right? is he, true. You know, I mean, like you could make the argument that the judge knows Work Brown. He knows he's not coming to him with complete BS. Yeah. You know, they yep. clearly have a rapport. He's willing to, you know, it's it's still a, but it's still a tit for, t- it's it's not great. I would say maybe not one is not worse than the other. They're both just bad, unfortunately terrible. Yes, yes, that that I can agree with a hundred percent. And so we move over back to story what you have labeled like our story story A storyline A. Mm-hmm. A suspect is being interrogated. We are introduced to him as Paul Melander. Uh, Melander, Melander, I wasn't sure which one it was. I think it's Melander. Grissom asks him about his hobbies. This is another, Yeah, like, he's being interrogated weird... by the cop, and then Grissom comes in. Yep. And starts asking him, like, weird Grissom-y questions, right? It's very, very on point. Yeah, very, like, offbeat questions that, you know, I've seen this episode four or five times. So I know where he's going with this, but as a first-time viewer, you're probably like... Why is Grissom asking these like really yeah. random questions about his hobby? <laughs> you haven't put together, okay, a hobby 
I'm thinking, oh, is this guy like a magician? Does he make balloons? You know, I had no idea where he was going with it, but obviously it's coming back to the the lab conversation he had yes. with his the with his former fling. With his uh, <laughs> with his push me up against the wall girl. Girl, yeah. That there's like why was why is there where is there lethicin oil and latex on this fingerprint? Yeah. And so Mr. Melander infers that, you know, he has access as a job, which then transitions us to the warehouse where we see like all of his haunt creations and i wrote that this guy could be christmas bff yes bff right Right? another offbeat weird guy weird habits but also fascinated and passionate yes and so grissom asks him you know he's kind of checking out all of his wares and he asks him have you made any rubber hands crazy enough he has And he used his own hand for the mold. Yep. And uh, there's a line here where he's like, did I write it down? Because I I think when I watched it a second time, I was like, I need to write this down. But he, do they come back to it? Is that why? No, they don't. So he says, it's literally written in quotes on a separate line. I I don't know how I missed it three times. Look at my notes. I said, the killer is, he's like, Mel's the hand or his hand or something. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's proficient in forensics. Yeah, like he and almost like it almost looks like he's gonna lick it. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, maybe the yeah I don't know. I guess the oil would have been there, but they do like a little flashback and show someone spraying Pam onto yep. the on the, the, the hand, which is how because you need the oil leaf oil behind so that the dust will stick to it. So that's really what a fingerprint is. And and I just wrote down at this point. So the first time watching through, I was like, this guy is going to be an arch nemesis. This is going to be a long running plot. This is not getting solved this episode. So. I didn't. I I, which, I immediately realized which that true my story doesn't doesn't get solved this episode. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I immediately realized that the sister is not going to be the killer. That okay. that prediction was was not Wrong. going anywhere. But yeah. for what what Hufflepuff said, and I don't know. Having now got through the episode, I don't know if this is a two episode thing, a five episode thing, or a whole first season. We'll find out, or certainly I'll find out. I suppose you already know. I already know. <laughs> um, True. But obviously this is like, this is interesting. I, I wrote like Moriarty in my notes, right? You know, like Sherlock Holmes, this guy is the same set of skills as Grissom and he's going to be like in opposition to him for some time. And so Grissom says, this isn't our guy. Yeah. Not our guy. L- let him loose. And so we then shift over to Nick being at the hospital mm-hmm. and the doctor telling him that he did find discoloration. It wasn't in her mouth, but it was around her nipples. And he has seen this multiple times before. Like he's had several escorts slash call girls. The doctor, by the way. Showing this discoloration. Asif Mundi of Daily Show fame. Oh, that's okay. I know he looked familiar and I feel like we're going to be able to play this game quite a bit because there are a lot like the of guest thing. actors that are from something else. So I, I Especially, feel we might be able to make this a running of this. Oh yeah. Can we guess where this person is from? We'll do it, or, we'll do it now. This is spot, spot the guest star, spot the guest star. Okay. So spot the guest star. So this is one of our first spotting the guest stars. I love it. Or it, it is our first actually. And so Nick confronts her, confronts this, this escort. Yep. And I wrote down, is Nick allowed to barter with her? Nick When she says, asked for uh, $20 or he, when he's, he's like, I'm going to put you in jail for murder. Yeah, he's he is like, either just give me the stuff back or I'm going to charge you for attempted murder. Yeah. Do you have the authority to do that, sir? I don't think you do. 
I mean, he certainly could arrest her for attempted murder. Yes. I, it wouldn't be up to him whether or not he got prosecuted. But he definitely has the authority to just take the stuff back. Also, it's probably in the car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's probably already able to, to retrieve it in evidence. So this seems a little weird. I also, you know, I was surprised that with the lecherism that has basically happened in other scenes yes. of this episode so far, that his character was surprisingly restrained with this really sort of yes. over... Like, the character of the call girl was being overly sexualized. Yes, yes, But, 100%. like, his character wasn't bouncing off and being sketchy and no he was being I very professional and very reserved and very held together got to the point where he's like all right i'm gonna solve this case but i also was why does he care about this old man and his belongings i don't know does he see himself in this old dude or something right what why is he there's going out on such a later, limb to help this guy yeah there's another scene at a later point too i was just like and i think that's when i first had that thought i was like this it's evidence just his stuff is evidence she stole it you know what i mean like is he letting her go so that he can give the he can't be because he he wouldn't be solving his case right right to get his 100th yeah his 100th yeah and so it seems like she accepts you know his i will not charge you with attempted murder if you give the stuff back and we move to the lab with sanders and this is the explanation of what substance Mm -hmm. they use which was scopolamine Oh, I didn't even write it down. But I, I wrote it down. For motion so, sickness, they said. For motion sickness. I literally, I went back and watched it two or three times to get this down. Uh, Is that so it's a like a motion sickness thing? medication, but it'll knock, I guess in high enough doses, dosages will knock you out. So we've solved the mystery of what was causing people to pass out. And then we quickly move on to Grissom, Grissom telling Royce Harmon's family that it was a, that it was a homicide. And his mother says, you know, as weird as it is, it's better. She feels better knowing it was a homicide versus thinking that he committed suicide. Yeah. but So we got another good Grissom line. He says, there's always a clue, which Mm -hmm. harkens back to the follow the shoe line. And right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where he's just like really on team forensics. Uh, yep. I'm sorry, criminalistics. That's what they keep calling them. I feel like that didn't come out so much in the first half of the episode. But now but in it's... the second half, they keep using the term criminalistics. Criminalistics. I'm so-and-so from criminalistics. Yeah. And I was like, I, is that, I don't know if that sticks with it. They don't use like the CSI moniker. Uh, I do think they use criminalistics for the most part. Yeah. I do. I do. I do think that that carries. We then move on to the Willows at the hospital for... So they call it a 428. They yep. use the police code. And I did actually check this out. Oh, look, I wrote it down and I never checked out what it was. I checked it out. It is, uh, and I put a warning at the beginning of this episode for this. So Like a, a, a content warning. A content warning, yes. So 428 in Nevada, like, like Nevada or Las Vegas, Nevada. I, I don't know if it's all of Nevada or Las Vegas, Nevada. I think Stands for child universal. molestation in the u.s or near universal. near universal okay yeah. I, I i checked it specifically for las vegas but it does come back as child molestation or child molest so they don't i think that they purposely hide that from the viewer at first you just hear 428 and you're like okay i don't know what that is like let's go find out but it is that is the actual code for it so she meets a girl named laura and they do mm-hmm. the you know point on the drawing show me where you know instead of instead of a doll 
has a drawing of like point on the drawing show me and Laura wants to give her her doll to keep her safe. She tries to give Catherine Willows her yeah, doll. She's, she's put a band-aid in, her, in the doll's genital area to mm-hmm. s- sort of like protect, protect it. it. You know, I just wrote a very short note here the first time I watched it. I wrote the little girl molested and I wrote, this is shows like how hard this job can be sometimes. Yes. Right? For our, earlier, she was trying to tell Gribbs King Kong, how King Kong great, on cocaine. How great this job is. And then yep. now we have a few scenes later showing the the low points of it. And then of course, you know, we saw her daughter earlier on in the scene. She has a little girl, you know, she she has her own maternal instincts. She tries to touch the girl, like the Yeah, to comfort her, to try but to like obviously after a traumatic experience, the girl reels a little, which Understandable. Also is probably very difficult, but I think sort of like corrects her you know, and so I was thinking it's a very bold storyline to include in the first scene, but it really speaks a lot of volumes. I, I think like under if you look at this first episode, there's this underlying attempt to try to show you what the life of a crime scene investigator is, right? Yes, the ups and, and downs. Like, yeah, you know, there's all these different things going on, and and all these different things you're wrestling with, and there's yeah, there's a lot of ups and downs, and 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 so you do get sort of the the brass. There's there's silly jobs, and there's really important j- jobs or cases, I should say, right? There's ways you can feel good about what you're doing, and ways you can feel really you know negatively mm-hmm. when you're doing your job. So we move away from that scene, and we go to Br- Captain Brass removing oh, yeah, work yeah. from the case. You're off the case. He yeah, finds yeah. out about the about Warwick basically go, going over his head and going to the judge and getting the warrant, and he tells him he's off the case and he has to shadow Gribbs and kind of jabs in, you know, for two weeks or as long as it takes for Nick Stokes to get to a hundred cases yeah, before yeah. you get to a hundred solves. And this is the scene where Gil goes on, you know. Yes, this is where he follows him and does fairly put Warwick in his place and good advice and tells him that like you put yourself ahead of the case and that's the problem he's a he's the supervisor for this team right like yes yes he's the he's the the top csi he's the supervisor csi so he's really his direct boss like yes brass is in charge of a lot more but you know for for warwick christian's really his boss and he's like i think he says like there's no room to think of yourself right it's like you would have got the guy. You would mm-hmm. have gotten the guy if you're willing to be patient. Yeah. But you're thinking of yourself of the competition and you know, that's what it is. And 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 he comes down or whatever and then it's like it's like all one scene, right? And then Gribbs is like right there with Gribbs the is right there and they walk they walk out to go together. Off. Yeah. Yep. And then they they move to Warwick and Gribbs pulling up to a scene, Warwick gives her the standard you know dust for prints take pictures and then lets her know that he needs to run an errand so he drops her off at the crime scene and he pulls away which i thought was pretty obvious at the time what he was going to do is he still he still owes that judge the The gambling ticket because he said hey you have to have it in my chambers by whatever o'clock or something yeah yeah and so it's it's early the next morning right he's gonna be finishing up his ship soon going home you know, presumably the, the, we're going into football day, Sunday or whatever. And so he's trying to get that done because even though he's not on the case, he's still, you know, he's going to get trouble with the judge and he's never going to have a resource like that ever again if he doesn't uh, 
Yeah, put that bet down. Put that through, so... And so then we move to Grissom arriving at the house of the... This is the Warwick... Really the original and Warwick case. It's also not only Warwick's case, but it's... Ca- Catherine it Willow's. Willow's I know, she's not there. And she's nowhere to be found either. Yeah, it, that is she a bit... has a lot of faith in Warwick. <laughs> just seems it's getting done. Yeah, like, you're, you're she good. Certainly, you don't need me. I mean, we know why she's checked out right now. Right. She's at home with her daughter. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know if they've shown her going back to her daughter yet. That's the next scene. The next scene is yeah, her yeah. is her going to her daughter. So I think maybe there's an, an implying that there was a conversation there. I mean, they may have just cut the scenes differently versus how they originally wrote it yep. or something. Yep. Um, and so Grissom shows up with a warrant for the husband's toenails. The, yeah. the husband gives this whole, "Oh, I just trimmed my toenails." Oh, I flushed them down the toilet, and Grissom's that doesn't bother me. Where's your toilet? Yeah. I have a lot of notes about the husband. I was like, first off, you have the wherewithal to think, I'm going to cut my toenails. Right. But then you're not going to take care of them. But then he, so then he also, I was wondering, we find out later on that he wants to, the husband doesn't, he cuts his toenails, he doesn't take, I wrote like, he doesn't take care, like, He's like, let me see your toilet. Like, he's going to find anything. I first, I thought he was going to pull out the plumbing, like the trap oh, or something. Okay. Yep. That was where my thought was first going. Oh, okay. Flush him down the toilet. This guy's smart. He's going to get out of the trap or something. But then he starts looking around. And I love that he has this contraption in his car. Because he's like, I'll be right back. And he comes <laughs> back with this, like, UV flashlight. I don't really know what it's supposed to be. Maybe it's a, a, a real thing that they use in CSI. But, and then he, he searches around and he finds some toenails in the rug, right? Mm-hmm. And I and just it, like, how did the, you were trying, if you were trying to hide evidence, you would be more thorough. But I was also not realizing they wanted to like match it up into one. I was like, can't you just get the guy's DNA from his toenails? But in 2000, our DNA skills were not as good as they are they today. They are today. Yeah. You so, needed a lot more. Yeah. I was of like, the sample was, to be able to run DNA. So I had to remind myself of that. I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, no, they can't just... Like, DNA evidence was pretty new in 2000 for court cases. And it typically was probably all done by blood mm-hmm. at that time. And so we, we kind of touched on this briefly, but we cut to Willow, uh, Catherine Willows, visiting her daughter in a, in a very emotional... You know, she's basically crying when she sees her daughter because she's obviously thinking about the girl she just saw at the hospital and... I think this is a clear setup of Catherine Willow's pull between being a mother and being a working yeah. professional CSI. Yeah. This is a very clear Presumably being pulled into in, being pulled in two directions in trying to be a mother and also be a CSI. Yeah, they haven't really said that she's like a single mother, but you haven't seen a, a husband or a divorce say, or mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if she's widowed or divorced, but we find um, out more about this later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but presumably, yeah, that's, and that was, that's very sort of late nineties, two thousands sort of mm-hmm. theme too, right? Yes. You know, women, they like on TV, they, it's because it was happening in real life, right? Where people didn't believe that a woman with a family could be a successful in business. Mm-hmm. And so a common mantra in shows at the time is showing that, yeah, and it's, it's not easy. Right, it's not right. easy, and oh, it's no. not. It's and I think today we don't think of it as a woman, and I think there's a little bit more credence given to anyone with a family. Right. You know, if anyone, I mean, I come from a 
single parent family where it was just my dad. Right. Right. And he, right. you know, he probably had things like that, right. Where he had to go to work or he had to go do something. Right. And we were at home or he couldn't. And I think that that's, it's, it's definitely more common, I think for, to be a single mom than to be a single dad, but it's certainly not 0%. Right. Um, I agree. And, uh, but yeah, I think you're right. They're trying to show that like, again, she has, not only is the little girl make her think of her daughter, but also that she has to be away from her family. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I do have a note here completely unrelated to the heartfelt sentiment of the scene. Okay. I had those exact sheets in pillowcases. Oh, did you really? When I was like four to eight. And I could probably, I was going to try to find a picture to show you, not that it would help anyone listen to the podcast. But yeah. We have social like, media, which exactly. I'm going to be highlighting at the end of this episode. Okay. So. okay. I'll, I'll go, I'll go see if I can dig, take some photos out. And uh, I'll, I'll post a, a photo on the uh, thing. Say stick stick tuned to minute. I'll have to look up what the minute mark is. But here, yeah, my, grab a screen, a compare, a compare yep, screenshot. We had two sets, both me and my brother. But here's the thing: I say I had them when I was four to eight. They were around our house until I was like twenty five. And yeah. then, until they finally disintegrated, <laughs> and I stopped wanting to have colorful cars and trucks on my that's fair things. But I looked at, I was like, I saw those, and I was like, those like I know those. Sheets. I, but then I was like, I had those sheets in 1990. Not, I would say much not earlier. 2000. So, but they may have purposely staged or dressed the you know apartment with older items or something that you know. That's some, they do that sometimes. Yep. Or it was just around, and the prop department was like, this looks like it's good for a yeah. kid's room. And there was sense. another child mentioned in the scene. Is that also her child? No. Okay. It's not. They so not we move that to... Oh, sorry. We're, we move to Grissom looking down a microscope and trying to yeah. match the samples that he collected from the toenail found in the shoe, and he does manage to make a match. Yeah, they had like one failure and then one success, which implies that he actually collected multiple toenails, mm-hmm. which I actually didn't catch the first time around. I wrote, He got the one toenail that he needed, but I think the idea is that he got, is that maybe the guy didn't, didn't do a very good job and he got many toenails and one of them happened to match. Yep. And, and then we have that young rookie CSI agent again. Lab tech, yep. Who I really hope we never hear from again. We never hear from him again. He's not a good actor. We never hear from him no, again. Maybe maybe in the next episode, but if he, maybe if, it, he gets if it's it. if it's beyond the next episode, it's not beyond the next episode. Yeah. But I don't even think he's in the next episode, if I'm remembering. Um, and so Grissom calls Warwick, and yeah. we cut to the scene that you anticipated, where he, as he's calling Warwick, Warwick is pulling in to place the bet. That's so, when Grissom catches him. Based not not that he catches him, but that's so like I, a, yeah. I have a note here, which is that Grissom calls Warwick. So and maybe actually, no, I'm gonna sit on this. I'll, I'll sit on this till we get to the the end scenes. Okay, where, okay. where it's important. But okay. I have an, I I wrote something down at this point, and I don't remember if I had it. I thought the first time I was watching it, because I, but certainly the second time I was watching it, this popped in my head immediately. So okay. I'll save it to the end. Okay. So we now get the actual crime scene recreation where the husband kicks the longstanding roommate out. The roommate does come back and he is like pounding at the door. Yep. But instead of calling the police or trying to de-escalate the situation, he tells his wife to open the door. And as the guy just walks in, and they, they very purposely show the ex-roommate not coming at him with fists or a knife, 
he's basically walking. I mean, he's walking in in he's, an intimidating fashion. He's very aggressively storming into this house, and you're wondering. And I I can't help but wonder what you would expect he's gonna do. But like, I have a stern talking to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and they don't but, really. T- cover anything else i think the idea is that he could have just kept the door shut yes i think sure. that's supposed to be the purpose of he didn't bust the door down you opened the door to allow yeah. him into your dwelling with the precognitive notion that you were going to shoot him yes right? so, so premeditated murder basically mm-hmm. at that point. so he he shoots Although, him i did write down i bet this guy could still get off yeah, there's no follow up. I'll be I'll yeah. I'll ruin that for you now. Yeah. There's no follow up about how the court case goes in yeah. this in this in this instance. So we don't find out. I think it really would depend on the state and the state laws. Mm. Yeah, if but this was like, Florida, he would walk. Yeah. Fl- I mean free and clear. I don't know what Vegas is like these days either. Like they I don't know. know. But yeah, many many southern states with like stay in your ground rules for sure in Florida, this guy would walk. He'd be fine. You can't I mean, it it still begs the question like this guy, even after she unlocks a door, what if he didn't intend to confront her? The guy still pushes. He almost pushes the wife out of the way, mm. and he comes right at him. And I was like, I mean, if you if you were just gonna try to threaten the guy and him to leave, but now he's charging you, you know, I can think of that Cartman episode where he's like, oh, the turkeys they're charging when they go hunting, and that's the that's the reason they the need in order to shoot things, or they can't normally hunt things, but if their life is in danger, they'll just shoot it. And that's why I was like, this guy would probably still get off, but. Back to the main characters of the show. Yeah, awkward standing. I wrote that as they're as they're leading the husband out. Grissom and Work are standing there, just and they gloating. Waited. They waited for Work to show up. Yeah, right? and then they and then they're just like gloating, which yeah, very. I popper, feel like unprofessional. Like this is like this is like the mission accomplished pose, right? Yes, the like we did it. Yeah, yeah. I wrote so I wrote Guild doesn't think twice about the fact that Work is here. And well, he he Gil, does because he does ask him, "Aren't you supposed to be shadowing Holly?" But he called him, and so this is the thing from earlier. Gil calls Warwick and tells them that we got him, and Warwick says on the phone, "I'll be right there." Yes, and there and was no like twice, there was no qualms about that. What else? We, I mean, I guess maybe he th- if Holly was done and had gone back to the station, it would be different. And he doesn't know that. But then he's later on. He's like, then he asks, oh, "Aren't you supposed to be with Holly?" What did you think was gonna? When the guy said, I'll be right there, what did you think he was going to yeah, like, Maybe what? he thought she would come with him. I don't know. But uh, obviously, it's, a, it's the next scene. At the crime scene. So we, grips, this transition, right? like it's there's a, aren't you supposed to be shadowing Holly? And then we whoop mm-hmm. over to Holly processing the crime scene. And a, a guy walks in, starts talking mention, to her, and says that he's the neighbor from across the way. Did we mention earlier when they dropped him off? She Gribbs says, "Oh, it's fine. There's an officer here." We did not mention it, but that yeah. is true. So in an earlier scene, yeah. Gribbs says, "Basically, it's fine to leave me here because mm-hmm. there's an officer out front." Yep. And the neighbor comes in and says, "I saw the officer leave. Is everything okay?" And then, then we and then we see him the pulling neighbor. the neighbor, it and then works. we see him pulling a a gun from mm-hmm. the back of his pants. Yep. And then I also wrote, wait, the officer. Yes. Really. If she alone. would have showed up. She would have had to check in with him. Yes. Right. In order to get into the crime scene. Yep. Would have known that he was by himself. And so they, they don't address this, but actually my thought was like, did this guy like shoot the officer to get in here. Uh, maybe we'll find out in episode no, two. No, Gribbs, I, I think know. mentions 
that there was a robbery. No, Gribbs mentions, because the neighbor, quote-unquote, says, like, I saw the officer leave. Is everything okay? And Gribbs mentioned something about, like, a nearby robbery. So she knows that the police officer... Yeah, she knows that the police officer left. I I missed that. Yep. And we then move to Nick returning the stolen items. This is where to the trick roll to the trick roll victim. What does he care about this guy? I don't. All evidence, and he's competing for one hundred. Like, does it not? Does it? Does it not count if the guy's like, if the lady gets like released the next morning without being arraigned? Well, we find out that for whatever reason it counts because Nick has been promoted to CSI level three in minutes. This is the same morning, right? This is the same. It's, immedi- it's like immediately after he quote unquote solves it. They had they had the new badge waiting for him. They were ready to promote him. On it. They also have never discussed whether or not that means war can't be promoted, as if it was that all is true. or nothing. Yeah. Presumably, when he solves one more case, he will also get promoted again. He will just have to pay twenty dollars because he will have lost his badge. He will have lost it. So Stokes. Uh, Brass comes in, interrupts the party to give some not-so-great news that Holly no. Gribbs has been shot and that they don't think that she's going to make it. Yeah, I mean... How did you I, feel about this? Well, it was interesting because we had, we had, I think, a conversation after we stopped recording where I was trying to go to IMDb to learn how pe- to spell people's names. Yes. And I was like, hmm, noticeably Holly Gribbs is not on this <laughs> first section of the page. So I wasn't... When she was left alone, I was like, oh, I see. This might not be going well. I, I don't necessarily know. I still don't know if she makes it or if she just gets turned away. But obviously, she's not in a great position. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mm-hmm. team has definitely let her down. I wrote, why do they seem disappointed? They seem more frustrated that they don't get to go out to breakfast and they have to work a double than they care that a fellow officer is, down. is potentially about to die. I. Yeah. That was the that was the, my biggest takeaway from that scene was like I feel like that's not how normal people would react in that situation, um, but the the truth is that yeah I mean, that was pretty that's a pretty intense way, not untold of for I think a series to sort of have that early character kill off or whatever mm-hmm. it turns out. Uh, out to be, and um, but that's why I end up with all these notes. I think on the second time through, being like, "Wait, but Gil knew that he would have to leave her to come to this seed, and when he showed up, they were hanging out for a while, presumably before they the, everyone got there to arrest him. And they had to get in position for their cool pose when they woke, when they perp walked him. When they right? perp walked him. Yep. And he like he didn't be like, "Hey, where's like he didn't have that." It wasn't. It was for dramatic purposes, but he didn't have the "Hey, where's Holly?" until afterwards, and it was kind of like I, there's a lot of people other than just work at fault here. Is basically where my favorite, like the the officer left. But you told me that maybe the officer had to respond to something else. Yes, yes. Me she was alone, but it doesn't bode well for work. I mean, no, he's like, he's put on administrative leave. Yeah, he's immediately. I mean, like he could be liable, right? In, in a lot of places, right? Mm-hmm. And um. And so, yeah, it's also, but also, I mean, for him personally, I'm sure it's it's not going to be an easy thing to get over. No. And we cut away. Our final scene is basically a close-up of Grissom looking looking pained, I would, I would describe. And so from your, so we don't have an answer to the Royce Harmon case yet. Sure. 
So uh, you you have admitted that it's not the sister, but we don't Correct. have we don't have the answer. We just know it's not the sister. And then one of your other guesses as so, to the wrap up of these crimes. So was, the husband who was just arrested, I thought he yes. had was faked, protecting his wife. I thought he faked the crime scene, and maybe his wife had done it. Mm-hmm. That's not at all. I should have gone. No. Uh, I actually think that. My version of the story is even better. I do like your version. I will give you credit. I do like your version of the story. It also, although he wouldn't get arrested. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't have that cool perp walk moment. Because he, he probably would be, you know, he would have committed a crime, but he wouldn't have committed murder per se. Because in my version of the story, I was thinking that she probably killed him legally, you know, mm-hmm. like defending herself. Yeah. When in reality, yeah, it was sort of this entrapment. They basically entrapped him into coming to the house in order to shoot him, which is definitely, in my book, counts as murder. Yep. No, I agree. <laughs> um, and so that was, no, the only thing that was basically right was the Nick Stokes storyline with the drugs and skin, but that was pretty, yeah, pretty transparent, I think. It was, yeah. And that was the most minor storyline. Yeah, that was definitely the that was definitely the C storyline of this episode. So I'm keeping score. I'm right now. I'm one for three. (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess one for three. But I I would say yeah, I guess yeah, you're one for three because we know it's not the sister. I was gonna say like we don't really have the answer for the Royce Harmon suicide case yet. But (laughs) your initial thought was it was a sister, and we know at the very least it's not the sister. Truthfully, there is no way to know. There's no mm. way for any for I think as a viewer right now you're not supposed to be able to know what's actually happening with Royce Harbin, right? Yep. That's building into something much larger. But I actually think that the husband thing it was like, that's that's definitely a mess, right? You know, like he definitely mm-hmm. did it, and it was kind of all there. I mean, but I I do I again yeah. I'll give you credit. I like your I liked I liked your take on it, yeah. your potential take on it. I went with what I wanted. I, m- I remember last time saying this, like, it was not my initial thought. My initial thought was he killed the guy, and he, basically exactly what happened. But then when I watched it again, I absolutely convinced myself that there's more, like, what's the more complicated version of this story? Mm-hmm. So, we're not going to release an episode next week because Nick is going on vacation. Yay. Super exciting. And, but... Are you looking forward to watching another episode of CSI? Yeah, I'm gonna so I'm gonna download it on my iPad and bring it okay. with me. Okay. Um, I might download a couple episodes. That's uh, fine. And we'll, uh, but I can't really, I can't really watch them out of order. No, the, you have to watch them in order. Well, I mean, like I shouldn't really watch the third episode until we've had a chance to talk about the second episode. I would agree with that, only because recollection could get blurred. Yeah. If so, you if you have more than one episode floating around, but in I'm your gonna head. watch the second episode all the way through, and so on top of looking for uh, famous cameos, yes, uh, which I've already forgotten what I named that segment. I will spot go back the and... celebrity or something. Who is the uh, guest star? Yeah, spot the guest star. I don't know. Spot the guest star. I will. It's in the recording. Yeah. We'll go back to it and figure we'll it out. out. We'll we'll solidify but, uh, that segment for you for yeah, you listeners. Yeah. I will also, what I'm going to try to do is when I think I know, I'll make, make a, a writing down and we'll, we'll see how it compares to maybe when I thought I could have known, which mm-hmm. I think would be an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. And then like how close it is to like the actual reveal. Okay. Um, and I, like it. That, it, I, I think that would be an interesting thing for people listening to this, especially if you've seen it and going back and watching it and maybe you don't remember, or if you're watching it for the first time, like me, like you can maybe compare notes. When did you think you knew what it was? What was your hypothesis? 
But yeah. also, how many times do I change my answer? Because that's a good idea. That that is, I do like that idea. So I like, think I think we should give that a go and yeah. see see how that works. And if you want to tell us about your thoughts, we are on Facebook. Uh, who are you colon a CSI podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at who are you CSI pod, or you can send us an email at who are you CSI pod at gmail.com. Thank you, Lauren, for inviting me to uh, be part of this podcast. This has been great. Uh, first episode was really good. It was really fun. I look forward to making more. All right. I look forward to it too.